0: Alright, so after a very, very, very short offseason, the shortest for the Rangers in 20 years after a Stanley Cup final run, they're back at it. Thursday night in St. Louis to open the 2014-15 season. Um, And joining me here today, who joined me a lot last season uh, before every playoff round in the postseason, is Kevin DeLore of the New York Rangers blog, the uh, nyrangersblog.com. Kevin, how's it going today?
1: Good, man. Good. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to have a range of hockey back. Hockey in general, I mean, we got a couple of games, uh, you know, on opening night tonight. And even though it is like the Flyers and the Bruins, uh, I'll take it because it's been, it's been so long. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be talking hockey
0: again. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because uh, it seems like hockey, I don't know, it had a weird feel. It felt like we hadn't talked in a while. It felt like the Ranger had not played in a while. But then I was looking back and the last time we did a podcast was June 4th to open the Stanley Cup final. And, I mean, really that was only three months ago. So it's, it's nice to have uh, a very short offseason. And when you look back, I mean, the Cup was over June 13th. You turn around, you get the awards, uh, the draft, free agent signing, you know, and then you're right back at it. So it, it really felt like it was like ten minutes ago that they were playing. And when I heard Doc Emmerich's voice tonight uh, watching Flyers Bruins, um, it didn't seem like that long ago that he was calling that game five.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's almost like there's no, there's no off-season anymore between social media and all the bloggers and, and just all the news in general. Obviously, July is always big with the trade deadline. It's sort of always out there, so it's never like there's no hockey news going on. But, you know, at the end of the day, you you just can't wait for those games to start again, you know, and, and you know, you start getting that feeling as you're... You know, you're going through training camp, and now that it's here, uh, you know, I'm, like, downright giddy right now. So uh, (laughs) I'm just really excited for the Rangers to get started tomorrow.
0: Well, in your case, because uh, it's the NY Rangers blog, so it's strictly Rangers, it's strictly Rangers talk – and, you know, for you guys, I mean, it's been three months since the last game, so obviously it's a lot more fun writing about the Rangers when there's actual games to talk about and, and actual, you know, goals are being scored and stats and things are actually happening. You're not talking about speculation and who's hurt in the off season or who's going to play with who. So from your standpoint, it, it, it's probably a lot better uh, during the time when actual games are happening. You're not just talking about, you know, uh, rumors or reports and, and things that you have actually no idea of seeing.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's been fun to look back on, you know, everything that the Rangers went through. I mean, it, to be honest, I mean, after they lost this, the, you know, to the Kings in the cup, I really had like a pit in my stomach for at least like a couple of weeks. I mean, I couldn't even look at highlights of that final goal you know uh to to take them out in in game 5 you know it took me a real long time to really want to get into it again but you know as as I started to feel a little bit better and I, I wasn't sick to my stomach it was it, it was fun to to look back to look at the videos to look at the just amazing run they had to to you know have the back and forth with you know my readers and and other ranger fans and and what just a a real magical ride it was for that team who you know, in the beginning of that season last year, I mean, you never expected that that was coming. I mean, you, you know, uh, I would have been floored if you would have said that that would happen in the beginning of the season. I would have never have believed you. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely an interesting and 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 different off season with with all the positive, uh, you know, remnants of, of that run. But uh, you know, it was it was sad to see some of those guys go. Obviously, the Rangers, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more. But you know you know, with the salary cap and everything they had to deal with and, and losing a lot of key members of that team um uh, from last year is uh you know sad to see a lot of those guys go who who were really integral in that run. I think at the end of the day the Rangers made the right decision on a lot of the moves, letting, you know, Puyak go and Strawman and, and Richards, you know, buying him out and Boyle. I, I just think it had to be done. But uh you know, it's definitely sad to see those guys go after after you know such a run like that where you're you know you're rooting for those guys you're you're in every game you know you're pulling for them and and uh yeah it it was tough to see those guys go this off season
0: well, you mentioned how that run no one saw it coming and uh we certainly didn't because i remember going back you know we'd sort of wrap up all the podcasts with saying you know what you're feeling on the current state of the rangers are you still feel like they're that first second round uh playoff exit team and and i think we felt that way the entire time until they weren't anymore and and you know they had to beat philly in the first round they had to get by that first round and then uh it seemed like a favorable matchup with pittsburgh because it it just seemed like the rangers always play them well or at least had last season and uh once they got down three one, I think everyone sort of uh, thought, "Hey, if they come back, great. If they don't, you know, you're not going to come back three one against the Penguins." And then they did, and then they get to the Eastern Conference Final, and you're almost just happy that they got there and got past Pittsburgh and fought and had to come back. And then when Carey Price gets hurt, you start thinking, you know, they got to win this series, they have to get to the Stanley Cup Final. And then when and I, you know, I was telling myself back then, it, just get to the Stanley Cup Final, and then you know, I don't care if you win or lose, you got there. But then once you get there and you have the the you know the the two goal lead uh in both game 1 and 2 and you lose three out of five games in overtime and you're hitting the post missing open nets and that series was there for the taking and like I've told other people you know history will show that the kings won uh that Stanley Cup in five games but it felt mo- much more like a seven game series because of the length of the games and because of the way uh you know both teams sort of overcame deficits in each of the games uh, except for that um you know one king shutout but I I just feel like when you look back at that season and and not getting uh, to the Stanley Cup for 20 years and then getting there it just sucks because you don't know the next time you'll ever get there and like you said you know it, you had a a pit in your stomach because you didn't really want to get back into it right away and when you when you think about the grind it takes to get back there in 82 games and then another you know 20 plus it's a long ways to go but now that it's here uh, it's exciting even though uh, you know we're uh, you know what 8 months away from the chance of getting back to the Cup final
1: Yeah, I mean, it really was an excruciating way to lose. I mean, those double overtime games, the overtime game, I mean, the Game 5, McDonough hitting the pipe, you know, Nash hitting a pipe, he had a wide-open net at the flex off the Kings defense and stick, and, you know, off the crossbar, really, you know, for, like you said, for all the things that went right, for them leading up to it, it sort of all went wrong in, in the finals, I guess, you know, the, you know, puck luck sort of caught up with them, you know, in the Stanley Cup finals, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, there's a lot of great memories from that run. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's great to sort of turn the page now. You know, last year was last year. And, you know, I'm real excited, uh, you know, for this season. I, I think, as I mentioned, you lost a lot of key members from the team. But what, what makes this sort of exciting this year, you know, coming into camp is all the young, fresh faces that we're seeing in camp. You know, the Millers, Hayes, Duclair, um, so, you know, F- Jasper Foss, and, you know, it, it's real exciting. I, you know, you worry about a little bit of a malaise coming from, you know, coming off such a, a run. And if you, you sort of had the same group, and yeah, uh, you know, maybe not as much excitement coming into camp. Um, after after you know uh, an off season with the same group again, but you know you got all these fresh faces. I'm excited. I'm excited for the new guys, even Ryan Malone. You know, if he's got a second chance, he's coming into camp with something to prove, maybe a chip on his shoulder to prove he still got it in the league. It really has made camp a lot more exciting than it would have been if they kept a lot of the guys from last year. At least in my opinion, I, I like the fresh faces. I like the new look. I I think these guys are. You know uh, fit in well with with Vigneault's system that the you know skating the north south you know quick um up and down the ice, so um you know I, I'm like sort of you know I get this vigor you know I got this renewed energy that I may not have had um you know if they kept a lot of the guys this offseason. season so i'm I'm definitely excited to get this season rolling.
0: Yeah, I think there's a different feel, not only because uh, they're coming off a Stanley Cup final appearance, and and the thing with that is that you know now that you got there and you yeah. didn't win it, the only thing left to do is win it. But um, I think aside from that, the different feel of having these young guys in camp, and it's something that the Rangers haven't had in a very long time. You know, we're used to seeing uh, them bring in the the aging veterans who are you know playing out the rest of their career, just making absurd money doing it for the Rangers and and not really bringing anything, anything to the table. But to have these guys in camp, to have you know, Kevin Hayes on the roster to see what Ryan Haggerty did, um, to see Jesper Foss make this team, to watch JT Miller hopefully have a breakout season in the NHL after he's done so in the AHL. And uh really the, you know, the main highlight guy, the guy who's gonna grab all the attention is Anthony Duclair and uh at 19 you know coming out of juniors, probably thinking he'll just get his feet wet and get a taste of uh what it's like to be a pro and then come back next year and really try to make the team and he sort of you know took everyone surprise, by surprise even more so than delzado did a few years ago it almost reminds me of what patrice bergeron did in the uh that uh 0304 boston bruins season where he made the team out of uh, camp and played with joe thorne the majority of that year and and had a great year and uh you know, with Duclair here, he has this tryout period. He has, the obviously, the weird clause in the contract um, and because he's missed that window of signing. So even if he goes back to juniors, the Rangers still uh, lose a year on his contract getting underway. But at 19, a talented teenager who AV says has to be in the top nine forwards to stay on this team, I really think, you know, this isn't a, this isn't a, a situation where uh, Rangers fans haven't had a chance to get this excited about a player this young since Kovalov 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, I couldn't be more excited to see this kid, and and it wasn't even just his the the scoring prowess he had out there. He looked like he really you know had an instinct for the game. You know, it, it, the game didn't see. Hey, listen, they're only preseason games, and I get that. But it didn't seem like the game was, was too big for him or he wasn't scared of the, the moment there. You know, he went out there and, you know, he went up against, you know, a, a big time lineup in Chicago that had a lot of their, their, you know, top guys in the lineup. And, you know, he scored and he, he looked like he's definitely, um, you know, knows what he's doing defensively. didn't look out of place. You know, listen, I saw he lost his man on, on a couple of plays and that's going to happen. But, you know, he definitely looks confident out there, confident with the puck. He's fast. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it reminds, you know, I haven't seen a young, exciting guy like this since maybe, you know, an Alexei Kovalov, uh, you know, come, come through, uh, you know, Broadway. So, um, I'm excited to see if he can sort of take his game to the next level now in the regular season or, you know, now that everybody's going to be, you know, uh, at optimum, you know, capacity here with the veterans, really, you know, a lot of times in the preseason, the veterans hold back a little bit, but now everybody's going to be full throttle now. You know, it'd be interesting to see if he can keep up this success. You know, I see that Vigneault has him on the third line this week, and, and maybe that's where he ends up playing, you know, in the in the opener in St. Louis. I, to be honest, I like to see him on the top line, and uh, that's uh, added pressure to a, to a 19-year-old, but... He had some real nice chemistry with Nash uh, when they were playing together in the preseason. And and to be honest, I don't think I've seen Nash with that kind of chemistry with anyone (laughs) on the Rangers um, since he's been here. Uh, Maybe a little bit with Broussard his first year, but... um, you know, I really like the two of them together. I mean, it looks like you're going to put Saint Louis in the middle, which isn't ideal. But you know, you got to deal with it with the step on injury. But uh, I would like to see Duclair on that top line with Nash. I I, I think the kid has the skill level to to play on the top line. Um, and and again, I think Nash looked a lot better with with Duclair.
0: Well, you look at the roster with the older players, and you've got Stepaniak here. Now you've got Malone here, um, the signing of Tanner Glass, who uh, I feel like there's very few people, if any, who are for that. And then when you have the clear, I I almost thought, you know, it just felt like the rangers would keep him around and then let him go and say hey he needs time in juniors but it shows something a way that this you know franchise is progressing the organization is progressing uh to keep him here and not let you know one of the older guys be a reason or sort of uh you know be an obstacle for him making the roster and and because they had 51 contracts they had to get it down to 50 they had to trade camphor um it just seemed like everything was a playing against the kid to make this team, and for them to do all everything they did to make a trade, to make a move, to tell him that he has to stay in the top nine forwards, to take the gamble that they're going to put him on this opening roster while they, uh, you know, sent other guys down who had to clear waivers. Um, they took a lot of gambles to get him on this team, and I think you know they're putting him in the best possible position to succeed here um, by giving him this chance. And, and I think it shows a lot of uh, you know confidence that this team, this franchise, has in this player. And I think that's that's one. One of the best reasons to be excited about him not only because of everything he's shown in the preseason but it seems that everyone you know in the front office believes him in as well
1: yeah absolutely i think it's a, a new mindset that you're seeing uh within the organization and it's a winning mindset i mean you don't just sort of rest on your laurels where again you know all right let's just bring pull back because you know he, he had such a great year last year and Boyle, he, you know he was so you know great on that fourth line he did all the intangibles it was yeah, you know what? We we have enough depth in our organization now where we can bring a young guy up. Um, in the salary cap era, I mean that's that's just huge. I mean you can't kill yourself cap wise by making um, careless you know signings or re-signings. I mean bringing Puliak back for whatever he got the five year contract was ridiculous. You know the money that Strawman was asking for, you know, was too much for the Rangers. So the ability to fill some of those holes, and I know they brought in in Dan Boyle for for Strollman, but to be able to fill a lot of those holes with young, cheap guys, you know, just shows you know what a great job guys like Gordy Clark are doing, um, you know, down you know within the system, bringing you know drafting the right guy, making these great free agent college signings, like you mentioned with with Haggerty, uh, McCarthy is another guy who looked good in camp, obviously to make the team. Um, Bodie, and those type of guys. I mean, the, the Rangers organization as a whole has been doing re- a real tremendous job, um, you know, filling their, uh, you know, coffers of, of young, hungry talent. I mean, these guys came to play, you know, during training camp. I mean, a lot of them look, you know, not, didn't look out of place. I mean, it just shows, you know, Haggerty had, I thought, a, a real good camp. Um, and because other guys like Duclair and Hayes were that much better. I mean, he really didn't have a chance to make the team. I mean, Lindbergh, you know, this guy was on the cusp of making the team last year. He wasn't even close to making the team this year, um, because of all the young talent that that was in camp. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a really, really exciting time to be a Ranger fan. I mean, this is, this is how you become a perennial, you know, winner, Um, In the NHL these days, I mean, you see, you know, the Kings are doing it, uh, the Blackhawks are doing it. So, you know, it's nice to see the Rangers are, are, you know, going along with that formula where they, listen, we can't sign this guy too much money. Fine, next guy up. You know, young guy uh, is going to take his place. It's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and I think the good thing about it is that even if, uh, you know, injuries are obviously going to present themselves over the course of the season, because they always do, but there's so many people that had a chance to make this team, and, and I, I assume, that, you know, it was a hard decision to make some of the cuts that they did and put some of the people on waivers that they probably didn't want to, but it just goes to show that waiting in Hartford to fill the void is a lot of good, strong uh, young players, uh, so you, you don't really worry in the sense that if you know someone has to miss a couple games here or there or if even someone goes out for an extended period of time, it's not like in the past where there's just no depth whatsoever, and the they're going to be, uh, you know, hurting for a while.
1: Yeah, I feel comfortable right now with with a number of the forwards that that they have, uh, you know, sent down. You know, whether it's uh, um, even, you know, the, a guy who I, I sort of feel feel bad for though. There was Danny Christo. I mean, again, this guy was was supposed to be one of the top guys in camp. He got sent down, so you know, it could be a guy like him. It could be a guy like Lindbergh, Haggerty. You know, I, I I'll feel fine with any of these guys coming up and playing. I mean, you even, your two extra foes right now are Malone and Hayes. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, your lineup right now, if somebody goes down or, you know, obviously you're worried about the depths up the middle, if, you know, Miller maybe struggles a little bit, you can plug Hayes right in there and, and I would feel comfortable with that. Um, I think the one problem, you know, that the Rangers have where the depth may not be as good um, is on defense. I think that you know the the competition for that seventh and eighth defensive spot really sort of fizzled out. I mean, you know, Hunwick almost won it by default. I mean, Costco was you know was okay. I mean, he started off pretty bad, but he's pretty slow out there. You know, Camper obviously they ended up trading away, so they didn't really uh, see a lot in him. McElrath I thought was a little bit better than than what I saw from last year, but he's still slow. Um, I, you know, obviously, I like the toughness that he has. Allen disappointed. So, you know, I, they're a little thin on defense this year. You know, I, they may be kicking themselves for not re signing Rafael Diaz, um, this year, who is, who is, uh, you know, almost a godsend in the playoffs last year when, uh, they had to bring him in for a couple of games for, you know, John Moore. So, um, you know, I'm a little worried about the depth on defense, just the way camp sort of went. No one really. Uh, you know, show themselves or, you know, won that seventh job. You know, how much uh, listen, he showed some nice nice offensive potential on the back line, puck-moving guy that may fit in nice with Vigneault. And, you know, listen, how much is the seventh defenseman going to get in? You know, the Rangers went with mostly their top six all-time. You know, they got lucky with injuries last year. But, you know, if one of these guys goes down with a, with an injury, I mean – you know, do you feel confident with Hunwick in there every night or, you know, calling up McElrath every, you know, every night? So, Allen, again. So, uh, that, that is a worry of mine right now. While I, I'm, I'm very confident in the forwards and the depths and I'm, and I'm very excited with all the young guys and, and I'd have no problem plugging any of them in, whether it's recalling someone from Hartford, um, or not. On defense is, is a little bit of a concern, depth wise.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, with Ravel Diaz, I know you've joked a few times on your site about how uh, he he seemed to be that guy that could have been the perfect seventh defenseman to, you know, spell an injured guy or give someone a rest or someone, uh, you know, needs the night off because they haven't been playing well. And he sort of, uh, you know, fit that role perfectly of uh, sitting in the press box for a while and then seamlessly fitting into the rotation. So, yeah, it it is kind of uh, upsetting that he was, uh, you know, not not able to come back here, but – Hopefully Hunwick can step in and fill that void As well I don't have as much faith in him as I did uh, With Diaz but uh, We'll see how that goes and you mentioned McElrath who is uh, you know their I guess young version of uh, the Next uh, big thing on defense and He hasn't really taken that next final Step to get to that point after debuting Last season and he's a guy who you know He can bang bodies he's a big guy Uh, He can fight you know muck it up in the corners Big strong tough defenseman you know What do you think you know from watching him and, And seeing his numbers he's put up in Hartford and the playing time he's had there and his brief stint with the Rangers, what's that last, you know, missing piece of the puzzle that's gonna keep him in New York?
1: Well, I think he's gotta get a little better skating. I just don't think his skating is, is strong enough right now. I think he's he's progressing. I mean he's still young and, and defensemen are always, you know, take the longest to develop. So I don't wanna, you know, call him a you know, the next year jessamine just yet. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's got a lot of developing to do and, and, you know, in, in short order. I mean, again, if you look at, at their defense, I mean, they're pretty set for a while here. I know Moore's only back in a one-year deal, but he's a young guy. I mean, more, I'd rather have John Moore back, you know, next year than, than McElrath, at least now, unless McElrath makes some, some great strides this year. Um, you know, Ma- uh, McDonough obviously is, is, is going to be here for life. I mean, the big, I guess the big guy you're looking for on defense, what this team is going to do with is Mark Stahl. I mean, is he going to turn into this year's Ryan Callahan where they can't get a contract together and they say, see you later? You know, or are they going to sign him to a Dan Girardi-like long-term deal? You know, so McIlwain's future with the Rangers could be tied to what they ultimately do with Stahl to open up a spot there. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he has a lot to do. I, uh, again, I love the toughness. The Rangers have not had toughness, you know, on their blue line since, you know, their coach behind the bench, Al Samuelson was, was around. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, having that toughness on the blue line, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, Lundquist is, uh, you know, not getting an extra jab there in the crease. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's going to be a liability out on, on the blue line, which I'm not a hundred percent sure he, he isn't right now. You, you can't put him out there. Um, you know, I'd like to see him maybe come up, get a couple of games this year. Just to, again, we saw him last year and he looked overwhelmed last year, in my opinion. Um, I would like to see what he looked like for a couple of games. And I'm sure he, he's going to get sometimes someone's going to get hurt this year. So he will get brought up at some point, you know, and uh, I'd like to see what he looks like. Has he improved on his skating? Has he improved on, on his, Offense, his puck moving ability, which is which is crucial in in Elaine Vigneault's system. So the jury's still out on him. Again, he's still young. I'm not ready to call him bust yet, uh, but I, he definitely has a, a little ways to go, in my opinion.
0: You mentioned Mark Stahl there in the uh, his impending uh, contract situation, and it does seem to uh, mirror what happened last year with Ryan Callahan. And granted, Callahan was uh, you know the captain of this team. People uh, say you know the heart and soul of this team. Um, and Stahl is not necessarily that in that much of a sense, but he has been here for a while. He is uh, he does have an A on his shirt. Um, he is a fan favorite. He has you know been uh, one of the backbones of the defense over the last few years but it doesn't seem like i mean people rangers fans especially i guess any fan really will is always going to you know gravitate towards the homegrown player want them to stay around um, and back them, you know whether it's the the logical or illogical decision. Uh, what do you think? I mean, we're we're ways out on this. Obviously, we haven't even played a game yet, but you know, what do you think is going to play out with this Mark Stahl situation? I know last year uh, we talked about Callahan numerous times before uh, his eventual trade, and neither of us really felt like they would, uh, you know, ever let him go. That at some point, you know, he'd come down as asking. At some point, the Rangers would uh, go up a little to meet him, and it didn't happen, and sort of stunned everyone. And I think after that, it wouldn't be stunning to stall leave because if they could get rid of their captain mid-season they could certainly get rid of mark stall uh but like you said they're also short on defense if McElrath isn't going to be that guy to eventually step in and fill one of the top six spots then maybe they really can't afford to get to lose stall at this point
1: yeah i mean if i'm saying that i'm sort of terrified of losing stall again after seeing you know what happened with uh you know the defensive depth in camp this year i mean Saul's agent must have been pretty excited to see yeah. just this really, you know, I mean, can you ma- I mean, imagine the Rangers treating Saul right now? I mean, uh, again, uh, I'd have to see what they get back. If they get back a, a, a nice defenseman, but I, I doubt somebody would, would do that. So that would be a, a huge hole right now in the Rangers' defense and, and would put a real hamper on on their ability to get back to a Stanley Cup final. Um, you know, having said that, if, if he is is ultimately gets too greedy the way Callahan did last year, I mean, Taylor almost would have, have no choice. I mean, you don't want to lose him for nothing, um, in free agency over the, you know, during the off season. And you could see a, a Callahan like situation, but I think with a lot of the young guys that the Rangers have now, and you know, their cap friendly contracts, I mean, you could get him in, you know. Yeah, uh, five and a half to six million, something like that for five years. I mean, that's, you know, the numbers you see thrown out there. I mean, what do I know as far as what, what they really are? But, um, you know, you hope you can, if you're going to get him in, get him in for a Girardi-like deal, again, in that five and a half million range, five years, six years, something like that. You have to assume that that's what they'd end up with, but... You know, it, it's a, it's tough because while you think Stahl is going to be a tie, is a top two defenseman on on a lot of teams, he's on the second pair on the Rangers. You know, are you ready to pay a second pair guy, you know, top two money? You know, that's a that's a decision you know, uh, Steve is going to have to make in, in in looking at the cap and, and other contracts. Uh, you know that. He's going to want to spend money on down the road, so it's it's a it's an interesting decision. I don't I don't envy Ceter at all. You know these these are probably the last things he wants to do is get into contract battles with you know fan favorites. But uh, you know it's like I said, it's the you know the, the salary cap show world we live in now, and and you got to make tough decisions. And you know if you want to continue, as I said earlier, if you want to continue to put a a championship style. Type roster on the ice every year, you're going to have to make tough decisions like this, you know, and letting a guy like Stahl go to, to open up cap space or to, you know, allow a, a younger guy to come in if you feel Stahl is sort of, you know, peeking out. And listen, Stahl's had his injury problems. We know about, you know, obviously the concussion, you know, the eye injury, that type of thing. I don't want to say he's he's injury prone because other than those those things, I mean, it's not like he's, you know, he's out with you know, a, a knee injury or an ankle here and there and that type of thing. Um, those are more uh, freak injuries almost for him. And, uh, you know, he showed last year in the playoffs he still got it. He can still play despite, you know, whatever blurred vision he still has. So it's a, like a – I mean, it, it's a tough decision. I could see it going either way.
0: Yeah, it's not like his injuries have been, you know, like Mark Desher-esque or anything where he's uh... – skipping every other game, just uh, laughing it up, milking his money. But he, he has had a couple injuries, like you said, the eye, the concussion, uh, not really things he, he could have avoided at the time. But um, it'll definitely be something that's uh, interesting to play out because last year we had both the Lundquist extension – and the Callahan trade happened in the same season and and the Lundquist thing thankfully got taken care of early on. And and that didn't uh, linger and become an issue, uh, you know, as, as the season went into the new year towards the Olympic break, the way Callahan's did. But it is weird to have another one of these situations in, in back-to-back years and, Um, when you talk about uh, you know, money and overpaying for players and contract situations, the salary cap era, uh, you can't you know not mention Rick Nash, who uh, makes a majority of the money on this team, and he's coming off a year which uh you know twenty six goals and only just sixty five games played, which is you know a pretty pretty good number, and twenty one and forty four the year before, so he's been around you know just under a half a goal per game uh, during the Rangers, uh, his Rangers tenure in two years. Um, limited time in two years thanks to the lockout and then injuries but uh, it's the postseason where uh, he'll ultimately be evaluated and people uh, you know will make their decision on um, who Rick Nash has been as a Ranger but on his same line there's Chris Kreider who's sort of uh, you know as a young player I don't want to say underachieved necessarily but I mean he he, you know was a top uh, you know pick first round pick and He has come, uh, you know, with a lot of hype ever since he broke on the scene in the playoffs a couple years ago. So it seems fitting that those two guys both looking to sort of, you know, have breakout years as Rangers um, are playing on the same line and then being centered by Marty St. Louis, who's, you know, not really a center, being thrust into this role because of uh, the injury to step on and because the Rangers are weak at the center position. So I think that first line is really something, uh, you know, to look at uh, over these first few games, at least this first First month of the season, or as long as they stay together, because you've got Nash and Kreider on the wings, uh, you know, around a guy who came here last year. But they're both looking to to break out and prove to the fans that they're the real deal here in New York.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nash cannot be the you know seven point eight million dollar per year penalty killer, um, <laughs> you know, the way he was in the postseason last year that everyone you know praised him for. Um, you know the guy needs to start scoring. <laughs> uh, I did like the fact that he he seemingly came into camp, you know, in the best shape he has since he's been with the Rangers. You could tell just just visibly, you know, his face looks a lot thinner. He looks quicker out there. Um, so I like that. He eh? he dedicated himself to the offseason. He knew he needed to get better and in, in different aspects of his game. You know, obviously he ha- he's had, uh, you know, multiple concussions since he's been here. So, you know, his health in general, he hasn't really been at 100% for a large majority of the time he's here. So it sounds like he's come back healthy, um, which is a, uh, which is a good thing. But like you said, you know, ultimately, you know, he he's going to be evaluated by you know what he what he's brought here to do, which is score, um, and and obviously that needs to happen in the postseason. Listen, he could score thirty thirty five goals on the regular season, which which I think he can this year. Um, and, and like you said, based on his production the first two years, well, he hasn't had. You know, full season. The first one was the lockout season. she missed a bunch of games with the concussion. I I think he can easily hit that thirty thirty five goal plateau. But you know, if they if they're lucky enough to get into the postseason again this year, and he fizzles out, I mean, he you know fans are crucifying the guy already. I mean, you really, and it's funny. I mean, he's a real polarizing uh, figure on the range of you know between fans. I mean, you have fans who literally have given up on him already, and and like you said, you know. We just, He's, he's taken up all this cast space and what is he actually doing? And then you have, you know, uh, apologists almost for, for Nash and, you know, talking about all the great things he was doing in the, in the postseason last year, but at the end of the day, he's here to score and he's got to do it. Um, and, uh, I think, I think he will. I, I again, I like the dedication he showed in, in the off season. Um, you know, again, familiar, more familiar with the city, I think, just a, more of a comfort level. Probably in Elaine Vignot's offense, um, knew he needed to get quicker. Like I said, so he he worked hard this all season, and I'm ex- I'm excited for him. And uh, you know a, a, what I thought was interesting the other day is Marty St. Louis said he wanted to be on a line with Rick Nash. He he felt like he knew what Rick Nash needed to be successful, and he knew he could give it to him. So I'm looking forward to that dynamic, and and St. Louis trying to jumpstart. Nash because he knows how important he is gonna be to this team's success. Um as far as card I agree. I mean he can be a beast one day and then you don't hear from him for a week. So, you know, I he needs to be more consistent this year. He sort of has to take that next step. He's, you know, finally not a rookie this year after being in the league for like five years. <laughs> uh, so you know, he he needs to you know, take his game to that next level that, you know, he's now a um, I don't want to say a veteran, but a guy who's who's been around the block here with you know two long extended playoff runs. So he's got he's got to be someone that the Rangers can count on for for consistent scoring, especially if he's going to be on that top line. I mean, he's got to get to that 25-30 goal spot. Um, you know, if the Rangers again are going to be a successful team this year, Vigneault likes to spread out. You know. His, uh, his line, he likes to play all four lines. So you're going to get production on that fourth line. So, you know, you don't need Kreider, you know, hitting 35 and 40 goals. Cause I think you're going to get, get good production throughout the lineup, um, where the Rangers don't need to be top heavy. But he still, he still needs to pr- provide that more consistent, uh, goal scoring that, you know, up until this point he hasn't. He can go on a nice little run. Um, he could be streaky, similar to Nash. They're both sort of streaky players. So they, both of them need to be – got to get that goal scoring on a more consistent basis.
0: Well, I was reading uh, earlier on uh, Wednesday uh, a, a renowned uh, hockey gambler website. Uh, just reading on some betting trends for uh, you know what to look forward to this season. The, the writer was saying how uh, one of the teams to fade on and not gamble on early on was the Rangers, uh, not because they're coming off you know a lengthy season and uh, a long postseason, but he thought that Hen- Henrik Lundqvist would start to decline in production and you know given the fact that Lundqvist is just 32 years old coming off a season uh, you know where he played arguably the best hockey of his life at least down the stretch post olympic break and then the playoffs and uh you know i always thought that he probably thought that the he might never get to that point in his life and maybe not you know not only not win a cup but ever get to play for a cup um because the rangers just kept putting bad you know scoring and bad defense around him for so long and then the organization finally built himself into what it was last year and he got that chance to uh play for the cup and tasted and single-handedly carried that team on his back um for the majority of the postseason and coming off that season i feel like he's only going to be hungrier and he's not at that age yet where goalies really start to break down or wear down and i think he's at least a few more years away from that and I just have a feeling that you know Henrik Lundqvist is going to be the same old Henrik Lundqvist, if not better, just because you know he's been there and he sees you know the light at the end of the tunnel. He sees how close this team came to it, and maybe could be just that close again this year if everything goes right. So I feel like Henrik Lundqvist is going to be just as good as ever in this season.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he sees that this is his window. I mean, he's got he's got the team in front of him now, um, talented enough to make you know make consecutive runs at a Stanley Cup, so, you know, he's still in his early 30s. He's got plenty of time. I hope he's not breaking down. He's on seven years <laughs> left on his contract. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, the last guy I'm worried about is him. Listen, uh, you know, he's been known to have some some bad streaks throughout his career, but at the end of the day, he always comes through and puts the team on his back and gets him into the postseason. And, and now that he's got a coach that, that's willing to open up the offense, um, and, and, and get the guy a couple of goals. I mean, you know, the Rangers are, should be considered, you know, legit Stanley Cup contenders every year because of Lunkless. Um, you know, we could talk about Nash and Kreider and, and the de- defensive depth, but at the end of the day, as has been the case since he's put on a Rangers uniform, this team, you know, is going to live and die, you know, on the shoulders of Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, so I look forward to him. You know, like you said, he he got that taste. He got that taste of the Stanley Cup final last year. I I think that's just going to make him hungrier this year. It's going to make him want it more and and uh, be even that much more successful this year.
0: Well, they open on Thursday night against the Blues to get things going, then Saturday against Columbus. Sunday at home against Toronto. Tuesday at home against the Islanders. Thursday at home against Carolina. So uh you know in this first week here starting tomorrow they've got five games which is a pretty uh aggressive start to the season but at least for the first time in a while they don't have an msg renovation going on to send them on one of those uh you know 20 game road trips to start the season and uh at the end of the month by halloween they're usually trying to climb out of some disastrous you know one and eight three and seven hole so it's good to good to not see that this year uh you know it's it's a long trip back to where they were the last year but uh Things get going on Thursday night, Kevin. What's your prediction for this team? And uh, you know, are are they back to you know what they maybe you know uh, were perceived as last year as a first or second round team that that got some lucky bounces along the way, or are they a team that can uh, get back to the final and give Henrik Lundqvist another taste?
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think at the end of the day, they're still. I don't think they're going to be the toxic team in the Metro. I don't think they're going to overtake the Penguins. You know, I do think they're going to be again in that. Two or three feet in the metro division, and uh, but I think that their experience um, going through that through that process last year and through that run and and you know the key members of the team knowing what it takes to get to that point, you know is going to provide them with with the ability to, to to get there again. I mean again they have the nice young, hungry, fresh faces you know, on the team that, that are going to, you know, in my opinion, you have these young rookies on team. I think that energizes the the veterans sometimes. They see the young guys going out there, skating hard every night. It sort of pushes the, you know, the veterans to do it. So I, I, I'm i looking forward to another successful year. I, uh, obviously, I think they're going to, they're, they're post-season bound, even though I think the Metro division is going to be much better this year. The devil's going to be improved. Obviously the Islanders have made some, some great moves lately. They're going to be w- a lot more competitive. Columbus, um, You know, they took a step forward last year, so it, it may be a little harder for them actually to get in the playoffs this year. I think their division is, is going to be uh, much more competitive, but, you know, I, I still think that they're a, a step above above those teams, and, and once you get in, you have Henrik Lundquist, you know, missed a game seven, um, you know, In your, uh, you know, on your goal line there, I I think that they're, they're primed for another, another run to the Stanley Cup. Again, I, I, I like to, I think that having the Penguins who, you know, will be this great regular season team, but, you know, at the end of the day, their, their goaltending will be their ultimate demise, um, you know, in the postseason when goaltending is so important. So, you know, having them as the number one seed within their division I feel like it gives the Rangers a little bit of an advantage to get back to that Eastern Conference Finals. Um where, you know, last year we all assumed the Bruins would be waiting. But again when you have the Lightning and you have, you know, Montreal again, it's not gonna be as easy for Boston as, you know, again we saw last year everyone's ready to say, Oh, they'll they'll be back this year. You know, I'm not so sure so, um anything can happen once you get to the playoffs I I, I like the way it all sets up for the Rangers. So, yeah, I, I see no reason why, you know, they, they shouldn't be, uh, uh if nothing else, they shouldn't be back in the Eastern Conference Finals fighting for, uh, for another chance to play for the Cup.
0: Yeah, and with the Penguins as the favorite uh, to win the Metro again, it just seems like they, they almost remind me of the Yankees from like oh four to oh seven, where they were just so well built for the regular season, but then you know, come playoffs, the Penguins with their goaltending situation, much like those Yankee teams with bad starting pitching, uh, it eventually catches up to you when you know the games are, are played much differently. And uh, I do think the Rangers will probably fill in one of those you know two three spot, which I don't have a problem with because it worked out well last year. And uh, you know, if it means a first round against the Flyers or a first round against the Blue Jackets or. Islanders, um, I, I like those chances, and like you said, I think they'll have another successful season. And um, you know, it's good to have hockey back. It's good to have the Rangers back. And uh, we talked so much last season, and, and we'll have to check in in a couple more, uh, you know, a couple weeks here and see how the first month of the season is going, and uh, keep keep going with it all through the season.
1: Absolutely, man. It's always uh, always great to come on and, and talk Ranger hockey with you. Hopefully, it's uh, you know another successful season. We got a lot of a lot of fun stuff to talk about.
0: All right, Kevin. Thanks again.
1: Bye, buddy.